You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Victory Monday, and I'm here doing my first weekly Monday show of the season with my Monday co-host, Weston. Weston, how are we feeling today? Feeling a lot better than I was going into the game yesterday, Steph. I got to be honest with you. Oh, so man. all smiles today. Yo, I'm I'm actually really excited that you said that because I was literally going to ask you your thoughts about how you felt going into this game because, look, I didn't talk to you last week. It was a holiday. But I was curious to know what, what you thought going into it. I know I felt, like, not super confident. I, I think that Nick Bosa getting his – extension and knowing that he was going to be out there that definitely boosted my confidence a bit but for all the reasons that you know I'm sure we were both kind of thinking you know Mike Tomlin is going to be a road game there was rain in the forecast the uh, TJ Watt and that defensive line are crazy you know um, for all those things I wasn't as confident going into it Um, and so Curious, what was kind of uh, worrying you going into this one? Well, I, I will first preface this by I'm always worried at the beginning of a game. I don't walk <laughs> around with a ton of confidence, but everything you just identified, right? Yes, I think the Bosa getting the contract done was a, a shot in the arm. But then you're just thinking, okay, there's got to be some snap limitations. Like, I know yeah. he is a physical specimen, but he hasn't taken his body hasn't taken any hits like game action is entirely different than just like running on the treadmill and doing sprints and things of that nature to keep, you know, peak physical condition. But right. to also, I did a, like a little show prior to going in where I was just going to say like, hey, these are the things that I'm watching for. And one of the, like this was a tumultuous offseason, as they all seem to be for the 49ers. So, so many distractions. Then you're coming into a you saw the stats, right? Kyle Shanahan in opening games, two and four. You mm-hmm. saw Mike Tomlin, 10, five, and one. Uh, there's a reason behind that rain, West uh, 1 p.m. time slot, right? So a 10 a.m. kickoff for them. All these things just felt like, yeah, this isn't gonna go well. And this is the way I just didn't feel our team was going to be as prepared as they looked because history would tell us they don't look really prepared in week one of the seasons under. Shanahan and, and the Shanahan Lynch era. Yeah, I absolutely agree. But like right off the bat, it was an entirely different game. Like as soon as I saw the first defensive drive, as soon as I saw the first offensive drive, I was like, okay, yeah. we're, we're cooking with gas here. All right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I automatically felt better because like, you know, going into any game, you're like, they should win. Like this is like the best roster in all of the NFL. Probably they should win this one, but you know, there's always those doubts because they don't always play to, you know, how good they are. Sometimes in the past they have played down to their opponents. And certainly when you think about the conditions we were just mentioning that could play into it as well, but the 49ers, man, they, they came out in electric fashion. And I think based on the, the games that we've seen so far, it's, the Cowboys, 49ers, and everyone else, right? So yeah. I think that's a that's a really good feeling going into it. And speaking of Nick Bosa, the fact that the defense was able to dominate early and get so many, you know, three and outs or force so many three and outs early, it kept Nick Bosa fresh. It kind of helped ease him in, right? And he wasn't yeah. really missing any snaps until maybe the second half, if I recall. So 
very ideal uh, situation and start for the 49ers in this one. Yeah, I mean, Nick Bosa brings the Nick Bosa effect. Even when he's on the field, like, is he not, like, the ultimate decoy, right? Even if he's not going to get to the quarterback, you're like, well, you can't just leave that guy unblocked or, you know, man up with a tight end. Like, you still have to account for him because of who he is. And you saw the rest eat, right? You saw what Chris Kacarek does and just gets production out of these guys. And um, really, really pleasant surprise because I thought our depth dwindled a little bit. I know we brought in some people yeah. on the D-line. You know, uh, I, I don't want to say Pittsburgh has the best offensive line in the league, but they're not slouches neither, right? They have weak spots like anybody else does. But it was exploited. And, uh, yeah, that bodes really well for long-term, you know, throughout the 2023 season. Right. Bosa, 35 snaps, um, but he still earned, I believe, the top uh, defensive grade uh, from the team. It was 85.5 for PFF, four pressures, one quarterback hit, three hurries. So he still did Bosa things, even though he didn't record a sack. I mean, that's that's good for this team. And another like thing that you know, it isn't getting talked about enough, at least not yet. I'm, I've seen a couple people bring it up. I mean, Steve Oaks, this was his first game as defensive coordinator uh, on this team, and he was calling the game from up in the booth. He wasn't on the field, so we didn't see much of him on Sunday either. You know, he didn't get a lot of cameos or things like that. But I thought it was a well-called game by Steve Wilkes by all accounts. And I was actually expecting a lot of blitzes in this one just because, you know, Nick Bosa's still getting under his feet a bit. And, uh, I mean, he ha- he caused a lot of blitzes historically, but it seems like all in all he's trying to keep things more or less the same as it was, and that's probably a good thing for this team. Yeah, I mean, I was really concerned, Steph, about the defense because – traditionally at this point in the season coming out of the preseason into week one to week two week three the defense tends to be ahead of the offense right but we saw what we saw in preseason and it certainly didn't feel that way especially with stuff in the run up the middle you mentioned Wilkes being in the booth I don't know why but that gives me agita because I'm so used to seeing Salah and Ryan just punching people in the head and running out to midfield and celebrating like they just made the damn tackle themselves Right. You know, and then just like Wilkes is just different, you know, and um, it was really just, again, against a formidable opponent that was a fringe playoff team last year, a Mike Tomlin led team. And I'll go as far as saying for the first 28 minutes of this game, they molly whopped them, molly whopped them for 28 <laughs> minutes. Like this wasn't even what they go five, five, three and outs right to like start the game on, from. Like, I mean, Fred Warner was all, I'm sorry, I'm stealing all the thunder. Fred Warner's running all over the field, but like, (laughs) good. I had a lot of trust in Steve Wilkes and more or less because, hey, what's what's his bread and butter? It's a defensive backfield. If we have a deficit on defense, where is it? It's in the back four right now, right? right? And listen, between Pickens, Deontay, um, well, I was in Johnson. I almost called him Deontay Washington. Deontay Johnson, uh, they're not slouches either, right? And hey, we were talking Kenny Pickett spinning the ball before he came out. And I, th- I think our, our DBs definitely held their own. Yeah, absolutely. And just one more note on, on just coaching in general, before we go into this new segment here, um, Kyle Shanahan, I mean, like, I think we even saw a different wrinkle in, in his play calling as well. He went for it on fourth down. That's not something we saw too much uh, from him last year. Right. And I think that kind of had to do with, 
having Brock Purdy there and him feeling so comfortable with what Brock Purdy is able to do. He feels like he can make these calls now. Um, and, you know, even if he would have gone for fourth and one in the past, I think he would have probably gone for a run, right? You have Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you do the the easy thing. Maybe you do a QB scramble or not a scramble. Uh, uh, what is that? when they Like a boot. Yeah, or when they go up the middle. I forget. That, that oh, the read it. option. Yeah, yeah up the sure. belly up the middle, yep. Yeah. So, but this time he he calls a throw. He calls a throw for Brock Purdy. He has a lot of trust in not just his scheme. I mean, obviously he has trust in his scheme, but, you know, now in his quarterback. And so I think that's something that we didn't really see too much when he had Jimmy Garoppolo back there. I think even we saw inklings of it in the games that Brock Purdy started last year, but I think now just a little bit more, he's opening up some things for Brock Purdy because he knows that Purdy can handle it going into his second year now. Um, you know, the elbow is not a concern. So I, I think that gives me a lot of relief because I think we're going to see this offense grow in some ways that maybe we hadn't for the last couple of years. It's I'm going to ask you a question now. Is this the first time in a while that you can remember? So let's call it the back half of last year into the start yeah. of this year that when your quarterback drops back, you're actually watching with confidence versus <laughs> where is this ball going to go? And if we're thinking that as fans, imagine what the head coach is thinking when the play is sent in, yeah. right? So I just think there's a different air and confidence of, of confidence around mm -hmm. number 13 than there is with anybody else. And to this point, and listen, I'm one of the biggest ones that's been like, let's pump the brakes on the evaluation of Brock, like slow down. There's yeah. the same thing about Trey. There's just not enough body of work yet, but he's, He's earning my confidence, right? Just for the mere fact that when he drops back, I'm like, this ball is going to be near a receiver. And I bet that receiver is open right now. And I bet it's going to come out on time. And it's been a long time since we could feel that way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I say this all the time when it comes to Brock and like the difference between him and Jimmy Garoppolo is like, and I even saw it yesterday watching, you know, part of that Raiders uh, Broncos game. Cause I was watching Jimmy and I'm like, man, I, I don't miss watching Jimmy Garoppolo play. And it's not because he's a bad quarterback. Like he was fine. He, he led his team to a win. He got that scramble there at the end. That was good play, but I'm not comfortable watching Jimmy Garoppolo play for mm -hmm. the, I don't know what it is. It's just like, if his first option isn't there, there's a little, you know, the tapping of the feet. And then he started to get nervous. You're watching him and, I just don't feel that way when I watch Brock Purdy, right? But not to dog on Jimmy Garoppolo at all. That's not no. what we're that's not what I'm doing here. But yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, you see that confidence and it's it's translating in Kyle Shanahan and the way he's calling plays for him and the way that Brock Purdy is executing. So I think this is great for the offense and this the development of this team going forward. If they do hope to you know, get to where they want to go. And if they want to show, you know, new things here and there, I think they can do it this year. So that's going to be all the difference uh, this season, I think. Yeah. I just, I just love Brock's pocket awareness. Right. I mean, there's, it was, it was on full display yesterday, in my opinion, even the one where he pirouetted out and just felt that pressure coming behind him and boots around him and still trying to make a play. You see a couple where, He'll sidestep, step up in the pocket and still put it 20 yards downfield on a dime. I won't say a laser, right? That's not Brock's arm right. strength, but I mean, a accurate crisp ball down the field. 
just gives you confidence. Like we always talked about this with Jimmy, this offense was the best when, when read number one got separation and was the right read. But once that broke down, like, where do we go? And at this point, like, I don't know, feel a little bit more confident with number 13 that like we can get to the second and third and maybe even the fourth read of the progression and still have a viable play in front of us. He just, I don't know. It's just something in his swagger. There's something about him. Like he's turning me and I'm not basing this off of one game, please. Like this is the first game of the season. We saw nightmares across the league yesterday that are not indicative of the team. Um, But I very much think yesterday's performance is truly indicative of who Brock expects to be in this league. So earning my trust. Yeah. I think he's making a number of people uh, a believer right now, but look, Time to unveil this uh, new segment that we have here. And so what we're going to do today and every Monday on our show is name our 49K player of the game. And shout out to my off-season Monday co-host, that was Christopher Johnson, for sending me this idea. I think it's gold. Um, So the top player of the game each week will be awarded the 49K player of the week honors. And then... We'll have a 25K honor for honorable mention, and then we'll have a 15K honor for, I don't know, third place. Um, So Weston and I uh, will bring up 49ers players who had a great game this week, um, make the case for each of the candidates. We'll vote, and then you guys in the comments will help us vote as well. So we're going to start naming a few uh, of our candidates and thank God that we are starting this segment on a good note and after a win, because had the 49ers lost, this would be uh, a hard sell. Sure. And we are still going to do this like during the season when the 49ers do have losses, because I do think it's important to look at the silver lining sometimes, but man, I'm glad it's not the the very first week. So Weston, why don't you start first? Who is right. a player you're putting up? for 49k player of the week rookie kicker jake moody throwing him out there getting spicy fast i i dumped all over this pick right wasn't Um, expecting that one but neither was i i think this just kind of like came i'm feeling like passionate right now so i think it just kind of came to me but in fairness right we all crapped all over this pick when the pick took place for all the obvious and the right reasons but i think we also quickly forget how important the kicking game has been to the 49ers success over the years. And you don't give it a second thought because inside of 50 gold was money, right? Like good as gold. As they say, think about how bad an off season uh, it it went as bad as bad as it possibly could for Jake Moody after even like with that pressure being a third round pick. And here's a man who went three for three in field goals, three for three in extra points. And one thing I think people will quickly forget is His very first field goal attempt was actually blocked. Yes, they were offsides, but it was actually blocked. Tell me that's not going to destroy your confidence. And I don't know if you noticed, but before they actually blocked it, Mike Tomlin called a timeout, and he strategically called a timeout to shake the confidence (laughs) of a rookie kicker. In a listen, early in the game, take those three points off. This guy had no confidence himself in the in the off season. I'm going to continue with it, and everything was right down the middle. Showed the leg, showed everything. Now if we can just get this guy to kick off and kick it out of the back of the end zone because I have thoughts on our our kickoff team. That being said, Jake Moody definitely needs to be considered for the 49K player of the week. Ooh, wow, I don't know how I top that. Um, <laughs> but no, no, J- I'm, I'm glad he mentioned Moody, okay? Like I do got to give him his props for this one. He was the first player out on the field, and usually it's like – 
Yeah, that doesn't matter. That doesn't change anything. But for a kicker, I do think it does matter a bit because you do kind of have to know what you're working with. Um, and you need, you know, if he needed that much time to do it, hey, it worked because he hit all of his kicks. And yeah, I have never seen, uh, you know, a kicker get iced in the first quarter of any game before. That is the fear that Jake Moody is instilling into opponents. Fear him, fear him. So Jake Moody, that's a that that's a great one right there. I'm gonna mix it up a bit. I'm gonna start on offense. All right, this one's kind of an, an obvious one. Brandon Ayuk for me. Okay, 129 receiving yards. He caught all eight of his targets, two of which went for touchdowns. On one, he cooked Patrick Peterson at the goal line to get wide open in the end zone. The second touchdown showed some great chemistry with his QB, the body control to get two feet down, even with Peterson on him like white on rice. Um, and let's not forget, he had a couple key blocks on Christian McCaffrey's 65-yard touchdown in the third quarter. That was awesome. Uh, but that's just that's 49ers receivers for you. They block, and they block well. A performance good enough for a 92.9 PFF grade. And look, Ayuk played like he just saw Nick Bosa get a bag and thought to himself, I want me a bag too. He can yes. already smell the money, right? So I think we we definitely got to put up uh, Brandon Ayuk as a candidate for player of the week this week. And I, I don't know, man. I this might be a hot take, but I think just based off this performance and what we know about Brandon Ayuk, he might end up being the player of the year for the 49ers. Yeah. I, I, th I think he's got every bit of the ability. I mean, his route running is flawless. And you mentioned something very critical. Wide receiver, 49er wide receivers block. Because here's the reality. Yeah. They don't, they don't play, right? That's how you find yourself in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse. <laughs> If I know we're tallying votes, but if this was me, only my vote, he's 100%. The 49K player of the week, no questions asked. He, uh, every Statistically, everything that you mentioned, taking it a step further with the, the blocking. And yes, I know on McCaffrey's run, it was on full display because they were out on an island and it's the only thing the camera's following. But oftentimes we don't get to see until you go watch the 22 or whatever it might be, even on McCaffrey's seven, eight plus yard runs, the wide receivers are the one who get, get help them get those extra few yards. And he's just blocking on like he's relentless. Yeah. I know we, we always talk about JJ being the guy who's like the instigator, but Ayuk is a dog out there as well. Getting in these guys heads, scrapping, getting yeah. his hands up under their face mask when they're not seeing it. Like he's, he is a filthy player, and I mean that as the ultimate compliment. Like, he is just gritty. Um, and and you know what? For him, he got to put up all the flashy stats that wide receivers want to. Um, it was he, – he was a monster yesterday. It was – you can't even deny it. It was just an animal. And, you know, going into the offseason, there was a lot of talk of, of Ayuk looking better. But it was like, okay, like we hear that – I not me, but some people were like, okay, sure. we hear this every year. Like, you know, he's – I think he's reached the ceiling. I've seen people say that. But I, I do think there was another gear – that Ayuk was bound to reach in his career. He was barely scratching the surface. So uh, I think we're going to see it this year because I think Brock Purdy and Ayuk are, are building on a chemistry that they didn't really have as much um, at the end of last year compared to some of the other pass catchers here. But 
what's another uh, name you have for yeah, thank, a candidate? Thank you for taking us to the next name because I could just go on and on about <laughs> you because I'll just say this one last thing about him. He is the best wide receiver on the San Francisco 49ers. I don't want to hear about Debo. I don't want to hear about Kittle and what he does. Brandon Ayuk is the best wide receiver for what he can do and what he can deliver. And we haven't even seen him on the sweeps and in space yet. Just wait. This year is going to be so much fun yeah, with, he's with number just 11. Wait. <laughs> just wait. Um, I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball. Let's do it. I'm going to say Drake Jackson. And for all the obvious of like, I'm going to put him in a similar kind of context as I did with Jake Moody, right? Like, yes, he, I know he had three sacks, but it was the matter in which they had those sacks, right? It was relentless effort. It was chasing down Pickett when Pickett was breaking the pocket, looking like he was going to run. For, I don't think he would have picked up the first down there, but looking like he was going to run a little bit. It was the effort and the effort that equated to a result. And the result was maybe statistically the best game he'll ever have in his NFL career happened in week one. I mean, you don't often get three sacks in a single game. Um, and he did it. And this is like, we had high hopes for him. And then we started to sour on him a little bit out of last year. And you didn't see a ton from outside of his ability just to break up a pass at the line of scrimmage, which is just like freakish what he's able to do. He like finds the ball, like that type of production. We didn't see, he was stout against the run, even in some scenarios. Like he just, yeah. to me, played a complete game. And it's really easy to lose him along that line when you got Armstead and Bosa and Hargrave, right, with these other names. And to me, he's the one who popped out on tape more so than – I would say arguably more so than anybody else along that defensive line. And it's not just the stats. It's For me, it was the effort, um, and that just equated to the stats. Hard work reaps rewards, and he got his reward yesterday. After a rookie season that ended in disappointing fashion where his yep. production and playing time fizzled as the season progressed after an off season in which like, you know, we hear that he's, he's putting in the work, he's gained weight. He's got his conditioning up. The team was counting on him. They put a lot of trust in him this off season and going into this year uh, on him making that second year leap. Right. And a lot of us, myself included, were a little skeptical on would he be able to to make that second year leap? I know it's only week one, but it looks pretty damn good so far. And would you believe me if I said that he actually played less snaps than Nick Bosa did yesterday? I wouldn't based on production, but I'm going to trust that that's accurate. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Bosa had 35 snaps. Drake Jackson, 28. He was really only in there on obvious passing downs. When Bosa was in there, it was Clinton Farrell on the other side for the most part. So, you know, Drake Jackson was was really just a featured player here. Five pressures, three sacks, two hurries, three stops, 82.3 PFF grade. Um, and, yeah, you can say it's because he has the other guys on this line. He's able to, you know, do this. But – he did what he wasn't able to do last year. He had yep. four sacks in all of 2022, mm -hmm. um, and he already has three. And and you're like, you know, who who really has three sacks in a game? Well, T.J. Watt and Drake Jackson both have three sacks in week one. All pro season coming. <laughs> just, <laughs> just kidding, but. Dark horse defensive player of the year. 
<laughs> but look, like I, I'm very happy for Drake Jackson and, and I'm, I'm looking forward to what he's going to do this year because based on how he looked on Sunday, he helped set the tone on defense. I think he's going to be someone that the 49ers are going to lean on to go in and uh, make plays on those obvious passing downs. You mentioned the fact that he could get his hands up too. He could bat balls down. So he he really could become an, an all-around player on uh, you know, those obvious passing downs. So I, I think that'll be good for the 49ers. That is a great, great um, candidate. I'll stay on the defensive side of the Let's ball go. for my next candidate here. I'm going to go with Fred Warner. Six tackles, Fred. four stops. He had a near pick six. He had another near pick on a that picket pass that he broke up where he had excellent coverage on Connor Hayward the fullback ran with him up the seam. We've seen that before. Like, come on, don't try Fred. I, I don't know why Pickett even threw that pass to begin with, but almost picked that ended up being picked by Hufunga. It's light work for Fred. Okay. He blew up a Najee Harris run. He was all over the field in the run game. It was absolutely demoralizing for the Steelers. If you want to stop or slow down this 49ers defense, you have to stop Fred Warner, and you simply are not going to do it. He was a tone setter and a go-getter. I I think he should definitely be a candidate for player of the week. Fred is just different. He's just special. Like You try to find a flaw in that man's game, and it's really not there, right? The only thing that I would say is at times, because he is such a heat-seeking missile, seeking missile, he he can over-pursue and allow himself to get kind of run off the ball, right, like uh, on an outside trap or something along those lines. But yesterday he just seemed so, so under control. Like even the Najee Harris stuff that you're talking about at the line, like, I mean, God, did he just fill that gap and fill it violently against a man who's pretty violent himself in a physical running style. You know, if I'm going to knock Fred for anything, it's it's 54. You got to pick that and take that to the house, dude. You're not right. going to get a better opportunity. <laughs> you make the routine, the difficult look routine. You got to make the routine look easy. You know, that hits you right in the hands. But, hey, that's why they play defense and don't play offense, right? Um, but I don't, I don't know. Like, it's uh, even when we do this in the games that they lose, I guarantee Fred Warner is going to come up in every single game. The guy is just the epitome of consistent. He is the quarterback of that defense. He's the heartbeat of that defense. And he doesn't, and it's not just like the leadership. It's, it's the, what you, what is demonstrated on the field. It is top notch elite level, every single thing that he does. He's, he's, he's amazing. I feel blessed that we have, <laughs> Formerly number 48, now 54 on the roster, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Man, a throwback there. I almost forgot he he did have 48 for a year. Yes, he um, did. Elite number, put it up in the rafters. But, yeah, I mean, Fred Warner, you could probably make a case for him being player of the week every freaking week because every. that's how good he is. Um, but in week one, yeah, he was locked in. He was not going to let this defense start slow. Like I said, he was going to set that tone. Weston, who's your My next turn. candidate? I'm staying on defense, and this is not going to oh, be a popular cool. one for a lot of obvious reasons, but Diamador Lenore, Ooh. I'm putting out there. There's nothing statistically that pops out. I don't look at, I'm not yeah. looking at a PFF grade. I don't care, um, you know, when it comes to 
I know the penalties that were costly. One of them was really ticky tack, right? When we're getting right. The, the right before they went into the end zone. Can I do without the the late hit out of bounds? Yeah, but I don't. I never fault a defensive player for being aggressive and taking a shot when they get a shot. Just you got caught, and it didn't look good on tape, you know. But where did he shine for us last year? Outside the numbers as a defensive back at the end of the season, and he played the majority of that game in the slot. And that that's an, I know he the when they drafted him, they liked that he probably had that ability to do it, but he hasn't had to put that on tape in bunches just yet. And ask anybody, go ask Jimmy Ward, go ask any Kwan Williams, go ask anybody that plays in the slot. That is the most difficult position in the entire world. They have the entire field to work with as wide receivers and running you off linebackers and tight ends tight ends crossing the field it's a lot and he just didn't look lost he looked really comfortable he looked really confident he led the team in tackles right if you want to stack yeah. there it is my man came up and was yeah. tackling the football um again not nothing sexy no picks no no nothing to the house just consistency and that's what you're going to need from that role um especially if he's going to play the slot all year in the steve wilkes defense that's going to be critical that nickel spot is going to be critical and if they found a guy that can step right in and do it as well as, you know, the players before him, God, we're in a good spot. We're in a really good spot. <laughs> yeah, they, they're putting a lot on Lenore's plate, and I think it's because of what he was able to do last year. Clearly a player who they have growing trust in to be able to move him uh, on the inside. And, yeah, he, he pretty much split his time uh, yesterday on the outside and the inside, played uh, 29 snaps outside versus 22 in the slot. So, I mean, yeah, he, he did a pretty admirable, admirable job. I mean, I would say the entire secondary, I mean, Ward as well, you can probably throw in there, did it, did a good job. And I think this is a Steve Wilkes effect. I think we're just going to continue to see these guys improve in the secondary each and every week. And Lenore is definitely one of those guys that deserves to get some accolades. I'm glad you mentioned him. He wasn't on my radar for this, but always like to have some some other candidates in here. I'm glad that we don't agree like on every single one, you know? No, totally, totally. I mean, we could have easily just come in here and been like, Ayuk Purdy, Drake Jackson, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, that's and that's called easy. it a day, but you know, there, it, it's sometimes it's unfair for some players because you just have different level. Like I wasn't even thinking Fred Warner really when all said and done because like I just expect that from you Fred. forget you, know what like I mean? you, like, you almost you forget that he's so good like because you see it week in and week out and, and it's like it almost goes underappreciated you could say the same for Trent Williams too you could yep. say the same for this next player that I'm going to name as a candidate Christian McCaffrey yep. he's so freaking good it's like he's a cheat code out there Ridiculous. and all I heard from Mike Tomlin and Terrell Austin this week was how important it was going to be for them to stop Christian McCaffrey what happened? He had 22 carries for 152 yards. He had a 65-yard touchdown on the ground, 125 yards after contact. Yeah, after contact, 6.9 yards per carry, um, responsible for seven of the team's 22 first downs. I mean, this guy can do it all. I mean, we saw him transform this offense when he joined via that trade last year, and I think this is going to be the player on offense that is going to be what's going to take them to that next level, right? Like he he was on that pace yeah. last year as well. Um and so I'm I'm very excited to see a full season of Christian McCaffrey on this offense. 
And I think week one was, you know, just the, just the tip of the iceberg for CMC. Yeah. You rarely even saw him involved in the passing game, right? Like, True, you know, yeah. that he's capable of, I mean, he's arguably a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL, let alone running back. He's just what he has is God given. And then it's backed up by like a relentless work ethic and obviously pedigree, right? We all know where, you know, the, the lineage in which he comes from. Um, I would, I would, this isn't even a knock on. I can't knock anything that Christian McCaffrey did yesterday. Did you see that spin move he put on that dude on that sixty-five yes. yard run? My God! Like with like that should, that, any other like running back, that would have been a tackle right there. Like you're uh, done. Like the, just, the spin, like already coming out of like he still didn't even finish the previous move, right? And he's like, oh, I'm just gonna hit a spin with just like my big toe on the ground. It's just like you can't he's make it code. up. Um, he's special. Yeah, cheat code is the the perfect definition. But I do have a concern here. And my concern is like, why was he still in the in the game and getting the and getting some handoffs at the end? Like, come on, Kyle, you got a stable back there. Like, go ahead. Once this game felt like truly in control, because don't get me wrong, there was a moment in time during this game where you're like, come on, man, just put them out of their misery. Like, what do we let? You can't let good teams. That's what bad teams do. Let good teams hang around and yes. find a way to squander the game. So I was very concerned that that was taking place, even though it really uh, never came to fruition. But there was a moment in time where literally watching this game with my wife, I'm like, if I see another handoff to 23 at this point in the game, I'm going to lose my mind because that's when the dumb stuff happens, right? Like the yeah. unpredictable stuff. So if we can work out his overall usage and let's not wear this guy down in the first six weeks of the season because we fully intend on playing through week 20 and 21 of the NFL season – um, but God, when the ball's in his hand, he's just magic. He is literally pure. It's, it's like, I don't know. I've never seen the ballet, but I imagine it's like watching the ballet <laughs> and just watching him just dance around the field, untouched and unscathed. He's tremendous. He's so tremendous. No, that's a fair concern though. At the end of the game and Kyle Shanahan does tend to do that. And I know like he has been asked about that in the past and he cites, uh, a certain game. I don't remember the game. Maybe some of you uh, in the comments might, but where, you know, a team came back, it was with the 49ers uh, that a team, you know, came back on them. I think they ultimately ended up winning, but it was, it was a close one. So that's why he, you know, I guess elects to keep his starters in even late, but I agree. I mean, you have Elijah Mitchell who I know he's been banged up. I actually was expecting Elijah Mitchell to be a little more involved in this game. He only had um, five carries. Uh, he didn't do much with them. I don't know if that was the effects of not, you know, playing a lot in, in the preseason and, and in camp because of the injuries, but you know, you, you have some perfectly fine uh, options behind Christian McCaffrey. So, yeah, I don't think you necessarily need to risk him that late in the game. Hopefully, at any point this year, it doesn't come back to bite them. I mean, you dressed uh, Mason, right? Like, exactly. isn't that what he's I mean, there for? And he iced a lot of games, you yeah. know? <clears throat> take their yeah. will. That's the whole point of being a physical running football team is take the, the will from them. In the fourth quarter, then – they're not going to want to tackle that man. I promise you the way that that game went. I 100% agree. Weston, right. do you have any other candidates? Yeah, we got to put the we got to put the obvious out there, right? And let the vote commence. BCB, Mr. Brock Purdy. Hey, um, let's go. <laughs> so, 
I won't get into stats. We talked about it before. A lot of what I do is the eye test, right? Do you look confident? Does it feel confident? Do I feel confident when the ball is coming out right. that we're going to find places? We talked about pocket awareness. It's it's tremendous. It's just like innate for him, right? It's instinct. It's just like he football knowledge. He's just a heady, heady guy. And obviously that's translating. You know what? I will say statistics, right? You're seeing that, hey, first quarterback in NFL history through the first six games, um, winning and throwing more than two touchdowns and above a certain passer rating and whatever goes. I mean, that that all sounds real good. But here's what did it for me. The second Brandon IU touchdown pass. Mm, that was that's a, a big guy. that's a big boy throw. And yes. that is a big boy catch by IU, et cetera. But this is what we have lacked. Where's the offense mm-hmm. always hum over the middle cross routes, digs. You know, everybody's got a different terminology, but somewhere between like seven to 15 yards beyond the line of scrimmage over the center and guard is where those looks tend to go. We very rarely played outside the numbers, very rarely when the offense was humming. And there you go. You saw a quarterback. I got one-on-one with my best receiver. I'm going to put the ball up and I'm going to let my receiver make a play. That is a confident mentality from a quarterback. Most quarterbacks might shy away from that throw on the what if I don't want to throw an interception (laughs) down here, whatever it might be. No, my guy's better than your guy. I'm going to put the ball where somebody's going to make a play and I'm just confident my guys, that's a, that's a big league throw, right? Like we always question his arm strength. I don't think Brock has the strongest arm, but the truth is he can make every throw on the football field. And that was the one that I was waiting to see. And that's the one that we did see um, that, that outside the number, Man on man, let my wide receiver go. That's just intestinal fortitude, I think, is the word that they use in the WWF. If it's even called the WWF these days anymore. But um, I I loved everything about it, Brock, 100%. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the limitations because, like, yes, he he does have limitations. It's it's his arm strength or, you know, whatever. He doesn't have the, the biggest arm. But I don't think his limitations hurt the 49ers. And so the things that he does do well or better than we've seen um, any other Kyle Shanahan 49ers quarterback have, those are the things that's going to elevate this offense. And we've already seen it in just the short amount of time that Purdy has been the starter. So, yeah, it's been a huge difference for this team. 19-29, 220 yards, two touchdowns. Light work. It wasn't like a, you know, crazy fill the stat sheet kind of game for Brock Purdy, but it was one of a lot of like efficiency and doing things when he needed to. He was responsible for 14 of the 49ers, 22 first downs, including that conversion on fourth and one. That was a great little play there by Kyle Shanahan. I appreciate it, as we mentioned, that that was not a run play. Uh, So you kind of psych out the Steelers defense a bit. 8.5 average depth of target. Next-gen stats had him at 9.1 average completed air yards. That ranked third among quarterbacks in week one. So far, there's two quarterbacks that still have to play, and they're both pretty good. Um, But, you know, again, like the difference between Garoppolo and Purdy may not be big on the stat sheet so much, but when you watch both of them play, Purdy and his presence in the pocket is elite. You know, and I think we're still seeing improvements from Purdy too. I mean, he's a young player. he, he didn't really bail clean pockets too early. That was one thing that, yes, we admire that he's able to 
you know, move around and be shifty and agile. But there were times last year where he did bail out of clean pockets. And so that was something he needed to improve. I didn't really see that in this game. Um, two scrambles, 20 yards. The only knock I'd give Brock in this game is that he had two fumbles. One of them was recovered by Steelers. The other one, he actually made a good play to <laughs> to keep that one yeah. behind his back. I've never seen something like that before, but you know, just slight thing uh, to improve on going forward. And you mentioned it, you know, that throw to Ayuk was insane. And I think that's another example of um, Purdy improving, you know, the quality of his throws. I mean, that's, that's a tough throw in the NFL and not one that a lot of quarterbacks are able to make uh, on a consistent basis. Look, we still haven't seen it from Purdy on a consistent basis, but the willingness to throw it to begin with is something that I think this offense was lacking in the past. So um, that's a, another element that Brock Purdy can give you. Yep. Great, great candidate. That was one of mine as well. Um, in fact, I don't have any other candidates. Do you? Um, no. I, I think uh, otherwise we would just be – Touting some people's horn that ain't gonna tally a vote anyway, right? At this point, yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned like, like obviously Trent was the stalwart out there on the left, but that just goes without saying. I thought Cleveland Farrell had himself a nice game um, as yeah. a rotational Honorable piece. Mentions. Yeah, Eric Armstead. I thought Armstead yes. balled, but it doesn't show. You know, it's hard when you're on the defensive side and you don't show up in the stat column. But I see you. I see what they're doing. I'm watching the game and I'm and I'm understanding that they freed up for. Those those outside guys. I just think it was a really good all around. I, listen, there's still questions walking away from this game, right? You still got. Absolutely. I still have my concerns on the right side of the perfect. offensive line. I'm still very worried about special teams, um, mainly kickoff. It just always feels like a, a weakness. Um, I just think when you win games this way, putting them out early. And getting them off to a point where you're up 17 nothing, like you have to abandon game plan, right? Now you got to stop yeah. bleeding and do those things. So we didn't get to see the defense go against a full, it was more like versus panic mode versus like, you know, full scripted, et cetera. They didn't even get through their scripted 15, right? Like, I mean, Probably they, not. they yeah. had to, they had to scrap it, but it was just a great, makes our job real easy on Monday to talk about a team in glowing fashion when they won in the manner in which they did. And candidly, didn't even expect that to be the outcome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, I am going to pull up our candidates. And if StreamYard will let me upload this. um, It's not up. letting me upload, but. We'll re recap, right? Yeah, we'll recap. You had. We got. We Ayuk? got. We got Jake Moody. We have Brandon Ayuk. Drake Jackson. Fred Warner, Diamondor Lenore, Christian McCaffrey, and Brock Purdy. So seven. Seven for three seven slots. Seven options. Okay. Let us know in the comments who you guys want to see as – oh, here we go. As the 49K player of the week. Um, we'll tally up the votes here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this was a great game uh, from this team. And um, – Looking forward to week two because, look, I'll say this about the Rams, though. They didn't look as bad as uh, as I thought they were going to be this year. No. So let's let's call this what it is. Week one is the best for overreactions in every – week one went as perfect as you could imagine. 
49ers get the dub, right? Seattle, who we all agreed is probably the team closest for contention in the NFC West, gets the L. The only way this goes any better is if Philly found out a way to, to lose that game after going up 16 nothing. Uh, to to New England on Tom Brady Day in New England, that just would have been phenomenal. <laughs> but I don't think I don't. I think we sleep on the Rams because we feel like we have their number. But they still have a very competent head coach. They still have yeah. a very competent quarterback. They still have arguably a top three defensive player in the NFL, wreaking havoc. Who, by the way, is fresh because didn't even play all that much last year. Like you can't just go to sleep entirely on a team that won the Super Bowl two years ago. So. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to, to next week to say the least for sure in, in Levi South, correct? This game's on the road. <laughs> yeah, I believe so. That's what we're still calling it. I mean, here's a sidebar too. the Steelers, a great, like football, you know, city. There were a lot of 49er fans there and yeah. I, I was impressed. I mean, I know that these people, uh, <laughs> travel well, but I was very impressed by, by this team and their fans all right so let's see we've got some votes here continue voting people um but Wes we named tell me you see my wife voting for Brock right now that's my wife (laughs) your wife (laughs) swear to god she won't let me be Brock's fan I'm calling it out right now because I was so team Trey and when Brock first came in last year I was like here we go Mr. Irrelevant, <laughs> let's see what this is about. I ordered a Brock jersey. She won't even let me wear it. She wore it yesterday during the game. <laughs> God's honest truth. <laughs> hey, I, I don't blame her. I don't blame her at all. <laughs> oh, yeah, RJ was at the game. Shout out, RJ. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the game. I'm sure you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, we got – this is interesting. Now, me and you do have to vote. We And we did name these candidates in no particular order. Um, but if you had to vote on three, third place, second place, and first place, who are you going with? I'm going, I'm going to do it three, two, one. That's how I'm going to yes. do it. Right. Three, I'm sticking with my gut and I'm going Jake Moody. He's my 15 K <laughs> player of the week. All right. I'm telling you the lot, this is huge for his confidence and for us moving forward. Um, my 25 K is going to be CMC. And my 49K is the dog himself, Brandon Ayuk. Mm, I like that. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, I, I'm i actually surprised to see how the voting is going. Like, Brock's going to, you know, sway some things here, potentially. We might need a tiebreaker at some point. But, uh, yeah, keep voting if you guys are on and haven't voted yet. If you're guys, if you are watching this on Twitter stream, I don't see the comments that you post there. You have to go to YouTube um, to for me to see your comments. So uh, come on in, like, subscribe, yeah. sign up. Steph's got a exactly. full slate. There we go. You know, there Saturday I think is the only day she's touching grass. So come in <laughs> and pay attention all week. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. All right. So this is what we have so far. So we got to vote for Moody. Uh, that was yours. We have a vote for. Well, we have three votes for Brandon Ayuk. Okay. Um, we have one for Fred Warner. We have one for Christian McCaffrey. We have three for Brock Purdy. So there's a tie right now between um, between Purdy and Brandon Ayuk. And I think that we'll, we'll call it, if we could get a tiebreaker in here between those two, someone who hasn't voted, 
Brock Purdy and Brandon Ayuk. Who is your 49K player of the week between those two? I'm I'm almost as nervous as I was at the start of the game yesterday right now. <laughs> I'm just curious. Actually, I mean, technically there's a three-way tie between um, Moody, Warner, and McCaffrey, but I I technically didn't vote for either of those. So if I throw my vote in there. No, uh, what's we'll, your vote? We'll you made you put a... me on the spot. What do you got? Who's your <laughs> 15, 25, and 49. Well, you know, I wouldn't vote for Moody. So I think, uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> I have to give it, I think I have to give it to, uh, McCaffrey, which would put him as the 25 K. And I think that's what you said, right? You want, yep. you know, you had him as the, uh, 25 K candidate. So, um, BA player of the week. Yes, we have our tiebreakers. So shout out you guys. Um, for getting us the tiebreaker. We have Brandon Ayuk as the 49K player of the week in week one. Shout out you guys for voting. Um, and as far as the 15K player, uh, let's see. Steph, I, have, just have, I have an idea. And this is coming to me on the fly. What is it? How do you and I create something that represents what the 49K player of the week is? And we send it to the person who gets it in the locker room <laughs> week after week after week. Almost we like this? they do with that damn scepter on Good, Good Morning NFL with the angry run segment. That's how we're going to put this this segment on the map every week is we got to send them something. Let them know they've earned 49K player of the week. That you know, that's not a bad idea. I don't know how we'll do that, but I we'll we'll get their address somehow. We'll send no, it just to send uh, it 49 49 Centennial Boulevard. I know what the address is. I've been there. <laughs> they they it's all the Bartolo there. Way. Yeah, the Bartolo Way, whatever it was. It used to be Centennial <laughs> Boulevard. <laughs> yeah, they changed the name. But here we go. We got our votes in, and let me just put our winner up for you guys. Like I mentioned, Brandon Ayuk is our 49K player of the week. Um, But yeah, Brock Purdy was uh, real, real close. So actually, actually, like that puts Brock Purdy at 25K. I kind of, kind of messed that up. And then uh, it would be Christian McCaffrey for the 15K. God, math is hard. Math math is real. That's why these guys play ball, right? So I'm not even gonna. I'm not even going to bother, but anyway, as I put this up, thank you guys for, you know, voting with us. We're going to do this every single week. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And you can see my little, uh, there we go. You know, you guys are seeing this on the fly. You are literally <laughs> yeah, like, I'll be better next time about no, come this on. and how this we is, present this. This is this real is, and authentic uh, here. This is the best is experience. Good. This is good. So yeah, we have Brennan Ayuk, 49 K player. Brock Purdy, the 25K player, and Christian McCaffrey, our 15K. Um, And I feel really good about this list. Look, we named all the good players from this game, but, uh, Weston, I have a couple of players that I have on notice for week two. Yeah, put them on notice right now. (laughs) I'm putting them on notice. It's not like a a bad thing i'm not like giving up on these players in fact it's just me saying hey i i i noticed you didn't have the greatest game you know on sunday and i just hope you have a better game in week two colton mckivitz allowed five tj watt pressures three sacks a quarterback hit um 
in a hurry. Spencer Burford, three penalties, uh, four hurries, four pressures allowed, 28.6 PFF grade. Dog, that's – that's I, like PFF – Grades are like not the end all be all, but that's that's pretty bad. They got they you gave at me 28. a 42.5 last week, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. So a little concerning about the right side of the line. Like I understand it's TJ Watt. Any tackle is going to look meh or bad against TJ Watt. So that's understandable. So I'm going to give you guys another week. But here's the thing. Week two opponent is Aaron Donald. And Daniel Brunskill ain't walking through that door. So – you guys need to step it up, and hopefully in week two, you guys are player of the week candidates. Yeah. If if we if we revisit this subject next week and McKibbitts is on notice again, then we need to put up a, a, a milk carton picture with, or a milk oh, carton with his name good. on and saying, where is he? Um, but I will give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, yes. that is TJ Watt, right? Like, right. that is no slouch on the opposite side. He has made a handsome living in the NFL by abusing – right tackles up and down this league. Um, you know, shockingly, I'm going to put a little bit of that on the coaching staff too. Like we're not going to just help that guy out a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're just leaving him yeah. on an Island with 90. Like it, it's, you wouldn't, you wouldn't treat Bosa that way. You know, you're going to double up on him. but it is the right side of the line. That is very concerning. Um, yes. And I don't, there's no, there's no answer there, right? I don't even know if anybody behind them is an upgrade either. So they need to play into the role. Um, and then Kyle's just going to have to get creative and say, if that's going to be a deficit, how do I scheme around it? Like I do everything exactly. else and everybody else's limitations, but I'm going to put somebody on notice as well. I'm going to put the entire kickoff special teams. Ooh, on notice I'm glad you mentioned that because it's, it's, I think it got progressively worse over the game, right? So I didn't see any adjustments. It was an additional six, seven yards every return. They were near breaking it. And to me, you know, we hear about, oh, look at this guy's a special teams ace. And this guy's a special. I didn't see any special team. Ray Ray is a special teams ace. He is 100% fin. I should have nominated him just to have him back there and how I breathe easier. But it's a it's discipline on KO, right? Like, they're, they saw something that said these guys are either over-pursuing or out of alignment or just lined up awkwardly, and this is how we're going to exploit it. So I saw no, no adjustments like on our end made. And this is, this is a problem year over year. Year over year, and this is why I'm saying if it's going to be a deficit, if Moody's got this 60-plus yard field goal, like just let him kick off and kick it out of the back of the end zone every time. Let's start this thing at the 25 and save some injuries. Like what are we doing? What are we doing? It really wasn't until Wisnowski was kicking the ball away from Calvin Austin that, you know, they were fine. They, they, I thought things improved from there, but, you know, kicking it as many times as they did to him and him being that close to breaking one, you know, did make me nervous. So the coverage has to be a lot better. Those are our guys on notice. Hopefully we see them as candidates next week. We want to see it. But hey, this was a great Monday show, great start of our, you know, weekly show, Weston. I had a lot of fun. For all you guys that tuned in, make sure that you like this video. Make sure you subscribe. It is streaming live on Weston's channel as well. So make sure that you go to the link in the description and show love to his channel as well. Like it, subscribe. But have a good rest of your Monday, folks. For now, peace. See ya.